everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John, and it is Wednesday, March 31st. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. you guys have joined me today. I have been, you know, I've told you I'm trying to keep up with your questions and all the things that are, all the things that are going on with my travel schedule and with the congressional run and all the things. And every time I see what you are grappling with over at Mailbox Monday and I listen to your questions, you know, over at Anchor, I'm just encouraged. And I, I want you guys to hear that because I can tell that the Holy Spirit is at work. That the Holy Spirit is at work. And God says that he will guide us. So before we get into today's podcast, let me read to you out of Psalm 25. This is a Psalm of David. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Don't let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, oh, Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth, but remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful. I love that he said, show me the right path. He said, show me the right path. So when someone says, show me the right path, the obvious thing is that there is a right path and a wrong path. And we're watching today as a lot of Christians who've been just misled. I don't know, you know, we can talk about, you know, progressivism in the churches. We can talk about all manner of what kind of Christianity these churches are peddling right now. But I think that the the obvious response to a lot of this is that the church is really struggling. So I'm going to answer some of your questions today. Before I do that, I just want to get a couple of announcements in and a quick donor shout out. You guys are so awesome. Thank you to Evelyn in New Jersey and also to Ron and Teresa from Wisconsin. Thank you guys so much. Remember that I'm going to be speaking in the Salem area. So if you guys are in Salem, Oregon area, I'm going to be speaking for People's Church. Remember I told you that yesterday, April 9th and 10th, for their spring women's conference called Reignite. And I hope you guys will join us. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. For more information or to get your ticket, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. I'm going to spend a little bit of time today uh, answering your questions and hopefully encouraging you, particularly as it relates to raising our children to release them into the culture. So we had a listener write in from Richmond and she said, can you encourage parents with adult children as they are launching? I think we talk a lot about parenting young children, but we're not prepared for the challenges of this stage. My husband and I have recently been dealing with a situation we never thought we would be with our oldest. This young man has been discipled and poured into his whole life with a very strong and positive response. We were blindsided as he has always been strongly committed to the Lord. He is repentant, and we are thanking God for bringing darkness to light, but we are grieving lost expectations. We know God will forgive and can redeem, but much has happened that cannot be undone. We are heartbroken and somewhat in shock. Okay, so sweet mom, listen to me. 
and I'm going to talk about this actually with Phil Hopper. Uh, we're going to talk about parents and prodigals also, because this is another thing that I think the church so often, you know, scoots under the carpet. You know, we quote the proverb, train up a child in a way that he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. But you got to remember that the proverbs are truths. They're not promises. All right. He, he's saying this is generally true. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. But your children have something called free choice and they have a free will. They can make their own choices. And so when you're blindsided by the sin of a child, it hurts. It really hurts. But can I encourage you right now? Don't let the adversary take two for the price of one. Pray for your children. Give them unconditional love. And I mean that unconditional love. The love that we have for our children should never be based on how they act or what they do. And yes, even when it's wrong, even when it's grievously wrong, we still love them. It doesn't mean that we don't tell the truth, but we must learn to love our children. And so Phil and I are going to talk about this more in a couple of days, but I just wanted to encourage you because I know that you know raising and releasing children can be very daunting right now. I talked to a mom the other day in uh, Rogers who came to me just tears in her eyes. Her youngest is now 17 and she said she's just grieving the fact that her kids are leaving home and she said I just I wasn't prepared for the loneliness. I wasn't prepared. She said I've always thought of my children as arrows. I'm raising arrows, right? Cuz that's what we're doing. But we don't think of the release part of it. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 4, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Your children are part of the spiritual battle that we're all in right now. And our job is to train them and shape them and love them and encourage them and release them. Some of you guys may remember the story of Jim Elliott, of course, right? One of the missionaries. If you've never read Through the Gates of Splendor, uh, go to your bookstore and pick it up. Through the Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliott. And God called Jim Elliott to the mission field when he was very young, to a very dangerous part of South America, to the jungles of South America, to the Aka Indians in particular. And his parents were grieved when he said he was, he was going to leave. And he wrote a letter to them, and I'm going to read it to you because our children, they reach a certain age, right? Jay and I have, uh, we're getting ready to launch arrow number five. And the launching season is both terrifying and exhilarating. When your kids don't walk with the Lord, it can be heartbreaking. But no matter how you look at it, your children are being raised to release. And we need to be preparing them for that, right? So he wrote to his parents, I do not wonder that you were saddened at the word of my going to South America. This is nothing else than what the Lord Jesus warned us about when he told the disciples that they must become so infatuated with the kingdom and following him that all other allegiances must become as though they were not. And he never excluded the family tie. In fact, those loves which we regard the closest, he told us must become as hate in comparison with our desires to uphold his cause. Grieve not then if your sons seem to desert you, but rejoice rather seeing the will of God done gladly. Remember how the psalmist described children? He said that they were as a heritage from the Lord, 
and that every man should be happy who had his quiver full of them. And what is a quiver full of but arrows? And what are arrows for but to shoot? And so with the strong arms of prayer, draw back the bowstring and let the arrows fly, all of them, straight at the enemy's hosts. Jim Elliot wrote that to his parents and Elizabeth Elliot, his widow, printed it in a book called Shadow of the Almighty, the life and testament of Jim Elliot. He was martyred in Ecuador on January 8th, 1956. You guys, there's no guarantee that we're going to release our children and everything's going to be great. And in fact, the world is increasingly hostile toward things of the Lord. But our job is to equip our children, to raise our children, to release them out into the world so that they can go farther than we've ever gone. And I'll tell you what, you guys, the, the releasing part, it is challenging. It's scary. It hurts. Some of you are getting ready to release your children and they've walked away from the Lord. And that's another thing that Phil and I are going to talk about. He lived as a prodigal for many years. And it was the prayers of his mother that brought him back to the Lord. You guys, prayer is a powerful weapon. And we need to keep in mind always that God is up. God's always at work. He's always doing something. And so to this listener in Richmond who is launching your your adult children right now, hang in there. Keep praying. Keep loving. You love unconditionally. Don't let your child feel like this sin in his life is going to keep him from experiencing the blessing of God. We, we want repentance, right, from our children, just like we want repentance from ourselves, like God wants it from us. All right? So hang in there. And uh, just know that you've got a mom over here in Washington State whose heart grieves with you. And I'm praying with you. All right, next question comes from Katie. This is a question that was left on anchor.fm. And you guys can leave me questions at anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And so, Katie, let's play your question. Hi, Heidi. I love your Hi, Heidi. I love your podcast, especially during the last year. I'm just so thankful for you and your, the truth that you speak. I've been attending a Bible study for the last three years. However, I've been struggling with the fact that one of the teaching leaders is pro-choice. I know this because of her unabashed political posts on social media. I am conflicted knowing that this study is taught at times by a polit- proclaimed Christian who voted for a pro-choice candidate. What are your thoughts on this, Heidi? All right. So these kinds of questions drive me absolutely up a tree. Absolutely up a tree. And I do not understand people who think that pro-choice is compatible with Christianity because it's not. You guys heard me take uh, Tim Keller to, to task last week talking about this as I read his quote from last year from his Twitter account, Christian Freedom of conscience in politics, abortion is not political. And it's a moral issue. And these are moral issues. And that's why the church must address them. And I think it's time for us to draw a line in the sand on the issue of abortion and how it relates to our faith. We, we just, we've got to stop dancing around it, you guys. This is genocide. And it's happening in our midst. It's happening right in front of us. And we haven't been doing enough. 
And so if you've got a, a person who's leading your Bible study or whatever, and they're openly pro-choice, I'm so sorry, I couldn't do it. Um, the numbers, you guys, you guys, there are 1.2 million abortions in the United States a year. This is 3,300 babies every day that are being murdered in the womb. And sadly, now our government is helping fund the genocide. And largely because Christians, progressive Christians, decided, eh, it's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't really, we've, we've got freedom, freedom of conscience. And so I guess you have to ask the question. So if, if you think that you can be a Christian and habitually sin, we've got a problem. If you think you can be a Christian and, and, and talk about how it's, it's okay to be pro-choice, we've got a problem because we've got to be asking ourselves, what is a Christian? And I'm going to quote from an article, and I'll link back to it, an article I read in the Christian Post. The author said, the church has done itself no favors by regulating Christianity down to simply believing in a higher power. Repeating a prayer, filling out a card, or joining a congregation, you'll see none of these examples used in the Bible to describe a true follower of Christ. What makes someone a Christian revolves around the truth of the gospel and how it changes us from the inside out. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus, the Son of God, lived a perfect life of perfect obedience to God, not for his own well-being, but for his people. What he did for us, we could not possibly do for ourselves. This is the Lord of heaven's armies who literally was killed, murdered on a cross, and physically rose from the grave, showing that God the Father had accepted God the Son's sacrifice and substitute on our behalf. And so with that in mind, abortion is fundamentally more than just the ending of a human life, as incomprehensible as that is. Abortion is the pinnacle of an anti-gospel message. You see, where the gospel proclaims a perfect Savior who came and died for our sins, abortion proclaims that another human must die for us, slain on the altar of our convenience or personal desires. How can we believe a gospel message where one man's sacrifice is sufficient for our redemption while proclaiming that we require additional sacrifice to meet our needs? So what's a Christian, a true Christian? is anyone who turns to Jesus and puts their faith in the truth of his death and resurrection. But it's more than just believing or or asserting to facts from history. There is a true spiritual change that happens to us, and it happens in us. A true Christian participates in the work of the gospel, the old person crucified with Christ, the new person alive because of the resurrection of Christ. What makes a Christian alive, new and different, is the very real presence of Christ in them. And that, that changes us. It should change us. And so we can't, being full of the Holy Spirit, believe that there's nothing wrong with abortion. Think about it. Let's just say the statement out loud so we can truly hear how crazy it is. I love Jesus, the author of life. I have no qualms about ending a human life that he created because it's an inconvenience to me. I have a clear conscience in choosing convenience over life. It's ridiculous. And unfortunately, it's the answer to the question, can someone be a Christian and pro-choice? It's absolutely ridiculous to think that that is possible. We are not understanding, and I'm not saying you can't have accepted Christ in your, in your life, but something is terribly wrong when we believe that we have this freedom of conscience and we claim to be a Christian. It's terribly wrong. And so, Katie, I would probably not sit under a Bible study led by a woman 
like that. Obviously, this is, you know, we're all having like having a personal choice uh, discussion here, but that would be where I would stay. All right. One more question from Desiree in Northwest Georgia. Desiree left us a voicemail. I'm going to play it and then I'll answer the question. Hi, Heidi. This is Desiree out of Northwest Georgia. I am going through the struggles right now with two middle school girls. (laughs) Aren't we all? However, this is in regards to the social peer pressures to be gay and bisexual because that is the end thing. And while we both know, my husband and I both know that our daughters are not gay or bisexual, they are both being peer pressured because that's the end thing. And my youngest recently received a note from her friend asking her to be her girlfriend. And my heart is broken because I'm not sure how to approach this respectively. My husband and I are on the same page. We want to uh, deal with this respectively, uh, including the word and the truth, and also know that note to them that we love them. So any advice that you could give us in regards to materials and how to approach this would be absolutely appreciated. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So thank you, Desiree, for leaving that answer over at anchor.fm. Listen, raising middle school girls is no joke. (laughs) I know because I got a couple of them still. And the peer pressure, this is why I had Jennifer Strickland on last week, the peer pressure that they feel right now to be perfect, uh, to go along with a fad transgenderism, absolutely a fad, bisexuality, homosexuality. I hear that, you, that you've that you got a note coming from a friend, your daughter's friend asking her to be her girlfriend. And you are responsible for who your daughter hangs out with. I don't know how old your kids are, but when you're saying middle school, I'm, I'm thinking 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And you are the one who is responsible for who that child who your children are hanging out with. If someone was coming to me and saying that their daughter was being propositioned by another girl, I'd be like, oh, no, no, that's not a friend that you're hanging out with anymore. We have to be willing to talk to our kids about this. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. The Bible's very clear on these issues and parents have a responsibility to protect the hearts and minds of their children. So I don't know if your kids are being homeschooled. It kind of sounds to me like they're not. It's going to be harder for you, right? Because you're not around them. You don't necessarily know the kids that they're hanging around with, but you got to keep telling yourself bad company corrupts good character. What's that look like? There's a whole bunch of great books that are out right now for young people. If you've never read I one of my favorite books, and I think I'd love to get her on the show, Rosario Butterfield has an amazing book. She was involved in a lesbian relationship and then she encountered Jesus. And as she says, quote, sometimes in crisis, we don't really learn lessons. Sometimes the result is simpler and more profound. Sometimes our character is simply transformed. And that's what we're looking for in our children. We're looking for a transformation of the heart, a transformation of character. It can't just be about the the actions or the sexual identity or whatever it is. You know, we spend a lot of time in the church, I think, grappling with, and of course, because the culture is talking about it, issues of, of human sexuality, the United States and around the world, but particularly here, we saw this on really a disgusting display with Cardi B at the Grammys, right? But we live in a culture that's literally obsessed with sex. It We just, it just, we straight up are. Very, very hedonistic, very much like the times of the Romans. Paul was dealing with this, the apostle John was dealing with it and we're dealing with it now and we have to know God's word. But I'm going to encourage you, don't be, we, we need to not be fixated on, 
on sexuality. As much as we talk about it, we need to not be fixated on it, right? Because the human condition, the human heart, the Bible teaches us in the Psalms is desperately wicked. And it's not just wicked in the area of sexuality, right? We're a lot of us prone to lying, prone to adultery, prone to stealing. I mean, we, I love that hymn, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Oh, I feel it. Do you guys feel it? It's the, the battle that we're in. The one that we're facing every single day of our lives and your kids are facing that battle too. And so mom, I would just say, when you're talking to your kids about this stuff, first of all, I really would curtail the friendships that she's struggling with. Remind your daughters who they are. Check out Jennifer Strickland's stuff. I think it's so important that identity comes from the Lord. And he said, I made them male and female in my image. He's not unclear on the issue of of human sexuality. He's not unclear on what is sin and what is not sin. But your children need to know that that they are loved by you 100%. And that you're always going to point them back to truth. Truth is found in the word of God. And you got to be willing to have hard conversations. And it sounds to me like that's exactly where you are. Raising kids right now is not for the faint of heart. This is why I wrote Becoming Mom Strong. I hope you guys will check it out. Becoming Mom Strong, how to fight with all that's in you for your family and your faith. We are going through that right now at MomStrong International. We're going to be doing it for the whole month of April. We're about halfway through right now. It's not too late for you guys to jump in. You need the book and the Bible study. And you can find those anywhere books are sold. We love you guys. We're so grateful for your financial support, grateful for your prayer support. A lot of you have been asking how you can get involved in my run for Congress and uh, wanting to pray, which is wonderful. If you just go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, click on the volunteer tab, and you guys can join the prayer team. We're really trying to put together a 24-hour prayer team knowing that the battle that we are facing is a spiritual battle. I want to encourage you guys to get off the bench and onto the battlefield again. I'm interested in your stories. And so if you know someone who's getting off the bench and onto the battlefield, if you're doing it, um, we'd love to hear what you're doing, how you decided to do it, and your stories and your testimonies, I'm telling you, are going to encourage a whole bunch of people. So thank you guys so much for listening again. We love you. Have a great afternoon with your families. Love your people well, you guys. They really are a gift from the Lord. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.